For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. What's going on, everybody? You people are listening to Topic Thunder. trouble recap um it was the best of times it was the worst of times the thunder played back to back uh at first against the grizzlies in which we lost that game and then we played tonight against the hornets and we won that game Uh, i hope everybody had a merry christmas just a great time with their families a safe time with their families Uh, thunder basketball's back in full effect and uh before we get talking about that you know what we gotta do we gotta hook up the tivo you don't need to explain to me why you need TiVo. They hook up the TiVo yet? They hook up the TiVo yet? All right, so. Much like when somebody asks you if you want the good news or the bad news, we're going to take the bad news first. Uh, the Thunder lost the Memphis Grizzlies last night, uh, 110 to 97, um, ending the Thunder's four game winning streak. Um, I actually did not get to watch this game. Sorry, I just had some family stuff come up these past couple of days. That's why this podcast is coming out so late. It's why I'm combining two games in one podcast. Uh, but this is like four straight pods for you, boys. So, you know, cut me a little bit of slack. Um, the big thing here, I, I do remember the Thunder, they kind of started out really slow. Uh, they actually scored 18 first quarter points in this game. They were able to turn around and outscore the Grizzlies by three in the second quarter to take a two-point deficit going into halftime. But then the third quarter was when the Grizzlies really started to take control. They outscored us by 10, 37 to 27, and then they continued to outscore us in the fourth quarter. Uh, there was a point in the fourth where it looked like it was going to come back again. Uh, we cut it to nine, I believe. But it's just like Billy Donovan was saying, you know, the past couple of weeks when we was coming back from 26 and 24 point down, um, you know, that's fun. Like, that's cool, and you could get a W that way, but that's not a sustainable way to play basketball, and that's not a position you want to put yourself in regularly. And here we are again getting down. Now, really big in this game, and we tried to wheel our way back into it, but there's a few reasons why that didn't work this time. Um, one of those reasons being Darren Jackson Jr. Uh, and Jonas Valanciunas. The Grizzlies' front line came to play. 
they had 21 and 20 respectively. Um, Jonas only missed two shots. He went nine of 11. Uh, Jaron Jackson hit two threes. Like these guys were the big reason, the main reason that the Grizzlies were in the position they were. Um, This guy, Brandon Clark, (laughs) I feel like he's going to be synonymous with the Thunder just because we did draft him. Then we traded him for Darius Baisley, and he just continues to kill the Thunder. He didn't have 27 points like last time, uh, but he did have 13 points. He only missed one shot, and he made two threes. So if that guy can bring that energy and that defense, that rebounding, and hit shots, he's going to be a problem. So. That sucks that we uh, we, we kind of let him go there. Um, also of note, Tyus Jones made 15 points, only missed one shot. Three or four from deep, six or seven from the field. And that's pretty much it for the Grizzlies. Everybody else was kind of mediocre. Uh, John Morant, star rookie, um, a guy I really love to watch, kind of struggled in this game. He shot all right. Uh, he shot five to nine. Uh, he missed his only three-point attempt, and he only had 10 points and only three assists. He had five rebounds, but... Only 10 points, three assists, and, you know, sometimes you just got to take a step back and forget about what all the guys done, all the flashy plays, all the big moments that he's had, and remember, he's still a rookie, and he's going to have nights like this. So, all in all, you'll take it, especially, you know, if you win. Like, they was able to win in spite of his play, so that's cool. Um, this isn't a Grizzly podcast. It's a Thunder podcast. Um, another reason that we lost that game is we just shot terribly. Uh, we shot 40% from the field, uh, 41%, you know, whatever. Uh, 28% from the three-point line, and we shot 35 shots from the three-point line. Uh, this team is not a great three-point shooting team, and I kind of thought we uh, ended up falling in love with the three, just kind of looking at the box score and by what people have told me. It looks like we fell in love with the three. We tried to rely on a three-point shot to get us back in the game, like it has so many times. And... Uh, with it not responding like it usually does, that just looked like a really bad stat. Um, our three guards, Chris Paul, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and Dennis Schroeder, all scored above 20 points. 23 for Chris, 21 for Shea, and 20 for Dennis, respectively. <laughs> I'm going to say that a lot. Um, but only Chris Paul really shot well. Chris Paul was 9 of 15 on 2 of 4 shooting. Uh, Shea actually missed 11 of his 19 shots, and Dennis actually missed... Oh, man, 13 of his 21 shots. So, it's not great. <laughs> That's not a great percentage. Um, specifically, uh, well, Shea was 1 of 6 from 3, and Dennis was 2 of 7 from 3. Um, Dennis, you know, 8 of 21, I could almost pencil him in for that kind of shooting night last year. But this year, Dennis has played with kind of a ridiculous efficiency. Um, but if you look at Shea, specifically in the past, you know, little bit like he's been a really efficient player so uh you you don't love to see that Stephen Adams quietly had a good game not a great game but a good game he had 16 points six rebounds uh he shot seven of ten and he had four assists and hey I'm all for some more points Stephen but hey like we said we lost this game uh sucks we lost you know even when we brought it back to nine we ended up losing by 13 you know it, it is what it is um, it would have been nice to extend that winning streak to five, um, but that three-day break after the Clippers game, in which we did not play basketball, it definitely um, kind of took our rhythm away. And you can see that offensively, defensively, um, you know, just lackluster effort, not playing with energy, and that that's ultimately why we lost that game. 
But on to a happier note, we played the Hornets tonight in what surprisingly kind of became an instant classic. Um, at one point, the Thunder led by, I think, 18 points in the second quarter. And just out of nowhere, uh, Cody Martin went on like a 6-0 run by himself. Uh, Terry Rozier had a couple of good buckets. And before we knew it, they went into halftime. Uh, I think it was down like 10, something like that. Um, Anyways, long story short, we went back and forth in the third quarter. In the third quarter, Dennis Schroeder was huge. I I don't know how many points he had in the third quarter, but he had to have at least 10. Because he hit like back to back to back to back to back mid-range jumper like like it was just clockwork like it was insane um going into the fourth it got really tight um i forgot to mention early in this game there was a point where no starter had scored except for shea i think he had eight nine ten eleven twelve points like like continuously until the first starter scored in which Steven Adams got a dunk with like three minutes left in the second quarter. Um, And the rest of the points were scored by our bench. And shout out to our bench tonight, man. Schroeder with 24. Nerlens with eight. Lou Dort with seven big points off the bench. He shot two or three. He hit his three-pointer. He hit two free throws. Uh, you got to love to see that from Lou Dort. Um, I get more excited the more I see him play. I love his energy. I love the, his passion and his grit. So, love to see what we saw there from Lou Dort. Uh, Burton had six. Kind of struggled shooting, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, and then Nader had two points. Also struggled shooting. I'm not going to rag on Nader anymore. Um, going back to that fourth quarter, uh, when it got really tight... For the Thunder, Shea made some really big buckets. Uh, he had this ridiculous Euro step. He had a nice crossover and drive to the rim. He had a nice bucket in transition where it was contested, but he still got it to fall. And just, just showing no fear. Like, Shea Gilgis Alexander, like, I'm going to declare this right now. Shea Gilgis Alexander is not scared of anybody in the league when it comes to getting his shot at the rim. Doesn't matter if freaking Kawhi Leonard's guarding him and Rudy Gobert's at the rim like he is going to drive and he is going to get his shots some way or another whether it's right at the defender at the rim maybe it's pulling back for a step back jumper which he's proven he can hit or just pulling up for a floater Shay's got a money floater like the dude is getting better and better each game and this is actually his fifth straight 20-point game, and he's doing so pretty efficiently, averaging dang near 40% from three-pointer um, in that stretch. But that's besides the point. Um, up until this point, the Thunder had done a great job at defending Devontae Graham. Uh, I think Devontae Graham, you know, obviously, if you watch basketball, you know that Devontae Graham is the hot name for most improved player of the year. Um, came out of nowhere, he was undrafted. Played for the Hornets last year, didn't really do much, but just came out of nowhere, just guns a blazing this year. And we held him to, I think, two points up to this point in the fourth quarter. And dude just went on barrage, hitting big shot after big shot after big shot. Um, there was one point we actually went up by two, and he drove in, I think, and he made a layup. He, he crossed somebody over. He made a layup with, like, two seconds left in regulation. I think it was actually, like, 1.7 seconds. But, you know, tomatoes model, whatever. Uh, Chris Paul had a look at the shot. He missed it. And uh, we go on to overtime. And you'd think that'd be it, but it wasn't. Because <laughs> when Chris Paul missed that shot, Terry Rozier grabbed the ball 
and chucked it in the air like you just won, like in celebration. And obviously you can't do that when the game's still going. That's the game ball, one. Uh, two, I mean, you're throwing to somebody in the stands. Uh, and three, you know, you just didn't win. Um, so Terry got assessed with a technical foul, and Chris Paul shot that before overtime started. And the Thunder had a one-point lead at the beginning of overtime, which kind of proved to be important. Um, it's just poor recognition, poor game awareness by Terry Rozier there. Uh, I made a funny tweet about, um, you know, Terry Rozier, wipe your glasses off, and then you see J.R. Smith squinting at the scoreboard. Yeah, um, you know, just having a little fun there. You know, Terry, uh, all seriousness, Terry Rozier balled out this game. He had 26 points on 10 of 18 shooting, 3 of 9 from deep. He was the one player that OKC seemed to really not have an answer for. Um, which is kind of interesting because, you know, if you ask around Twitter or other people around the NBA, uh, all you hear is people ragging on Terry Rozier. So, props to Terry there. Um, and over time, OKC pretty much controlled it all the way until Devontae Graham hit the most ridiculous three-pointer um, because, of course, he did. Uh, Dennis got fouled. He split free throws. Shea got fouled. He split free throws. Um, it came down to, and you know, I, I know I skipped a lot of stuff, but all of it's not important. It came down to PJ Washington in this game. What What was interesting about PJ Washington is obviously in the last week we I talked about trading for PJ Washington, Malik Monk. Um, looking at the box score, Monk did not play great. <laughs> he had four points, but the Hornets announcer said that he was instrumental in the run that brought them back in the game. So I'll take that. Um, I, th- I think the reason he was instrumental is because he kind of kick-started it because somebody missed a shot and he came in flying for a tip slam and that really got the crowd back into it, got the players energized, and um, that was kind of when they started making their run there, I think this third quarter. But anywho, uh, P.J. Washington had 14 points on 7-15 shooting, and he had some costly turnovers there late in, I, I think it was regulation and even maybe early in overtime because Shea Gildas-Alexander was guarding him. Now, Mind you, P.J. Washington is listed as power forward. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is listed as point guard, right? So point guard guarding power forward, obviously it's a mismatch for the power forward, right? Wrong. Shea Gilgis-Alexander famously played college at UK. He played with P.J. Washington at UK. So he knows his tendencies. He knows where he puts the ball when he catches it. He knows where he wants the ball on the catch. He knows how and where he's going to attack. He took that to full advantage two straight times, maybe even three, but at least two straight times. They tried to give P.J. the ball in the post, and Shea was able to poke it loose for a turnover because he knew exactly where P.J. was going to go with it. And you just got to love that. Out of your star player, out of your young cornerstone player, to have that recognition from something that was like two years ago and bring it back on a seemingly... Um, I mean, call it what you want, but a seemingly useless regular season game against the Charlotte Hornets. You got to love that. I, I appreciate that, Shay. But anyways, back to PJ. Um, late in the game, he actually got fouled by Shay. Um, he almost made the shot, too. So he almost had the opportunity to um, put the Hornets up one with, I think, like 1.9 seconds left, something like that. But he just missed it. They were down two. Um, he misses his first free throw, and he intentionally misses the second. 
of course, so they could try to get another shot. And Ferg, actually, to his credit, closes out on Graham or Rozier. I can't remember what, who it was, but he closes out on them. They're unable to get a shot off Thunderwind. Um, I, I put this in here because P.J. has always struggled with free throw shooting. Um, he's actually shooting 70% in, the, in his short time in the NBA right now, which is a far cry from his time at UK, which he shot 60% at sophomore, 66% at sophomore year and 60% as freshman year. Uh, at one point, he even went 4 of 12 in a, uh elimination game. So, um, PJ's no stranger to miss free throws. Um, we actually had a funny tweet on there about Nervous Noel flopping his towel up in the air as soon as PJ shot the first free throw, costing him to miss. Um, you know, so definitely go give that some love at OKC Topic Thunder. But yeah, all in all, the Thunder were able to walk away victoriously. And, you know, we didn't really pay, play bad. If you look at our three guards, which with Gallo being out yet again, uh, those are kind of our three best players. Shea had 27, 10 of 17, one of one from deep. Dude was just ridiculous, like making just some of the dumbest plays out there. And I mean dumb like good, not like dumb like bad. Um, Dennis Schroeder had 24 points, 10 of 17 shooting, 3 of 8 from deep. Like I said, man, if if Dennis doesn't go in that barrage there in the third quarter, we we lose this game. Um, I mean, he was instrumental. Chris Paul got started off really cold early, but was able to turn around, had 16 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists. Didn't make a single three. That definitely hurt his scoring and his shooting. And uh, honestly, us in the game. Um, but it it was good to see him remain aggressive, even though his shot wasn't falling. Uh, he made some really big buckets in the fourth quarter. He did miss a bunny layup, which made me so mad. He missed a bunny layup in regulation. Steven was able to tip it in, so it ultimately didn't matter. But um, come on, Chris. You got to make those bunny layups. Um, Steven Adams played great tonight 14 points 12 rebounds three assists six of nine shooting um steven's been playing really really good lately and that's great for his team that's great for steven you know it builds his trade value if he wants to be out of here um if we do decide to abandon ship on everybody um but even if not like this is great for steven's development because these past two games he has seven assists like that's that's great for your center. Um, he had one just absolute dime in which he got the ball to the high post, and uh, Dennis cut to the basket on a backdoor screen, and Adams was able to just one hand bounce pass it right in his, his pocket, and finish on the layup. So we're seeing more and more of that uh, Stephen Adams vision each game, and uh, I just I just hope to see that continue to develop because I think that's something that isn't recognized enough, and I think that could be a real weapon for him. You know, a lot of people talk about, oh, I wish Steven would shoot threes. Well, I do too. But if he's bringing that vision and that passing ability out of the high post, that that's pretty good too. So I'll take that. Um, but, yeah, that about wraps it up for the recap. So without further ado, you know what I got to do. It's time for the player of the game. And you know who I got to give it to, man. Both games, honestly. Uh, Shea Gildas Alexander, man. You know, obviously, this last game, he shot 27, had 27 points, 10 of 17 shooting, one of one from deep, six of eight from the line, four rebounds, two steals, two big steals. Um, and then in the Grizzlies game, I think he had, let's see here, hold on, what's that? 21 points, 
Uh, he, he shot a lot worse in the Grizzlies game, but he did have three steals. Um, and you're, you're starting to see a little bit of that um, that two-way ability out of Shea Gildas-Alexander. You know, when the trade first happened and Paul George, um, everybody was really excited because he played really good defense in the playoffs. And we haven't seen a lot of that in OKC for a variety of reasons. Terrence Ferguson's kind of our main defender. Uh, Chris Paul guards a lot of the people. And we use Shea in different facets as far as, like, not using him on a perimeter score or on the lead guard. Like you saw tonight, like, sometimes we could throw Shea at a undersized power forward by P.J. Washington, and he can hold his own um, and, you know, get steals like that. Uh, you know, you don't see Shea guarding a John Morant or Devontae Graham, even though I'm confident that he could. Um, with his size and his length, you know, we're going to see Shea in different positions. And, you know, like I said, five steals in the past two games, that's great to see. That's great for his development. And, I, I mean, I, I get more and more excited about Shea Gilgis-Alexander the more I watch him play. Um, the game is really starting to slow down for him as far as just making the right decision. Um, you know, when to drive, when to shoot, when to pass. Uh, he's great at crashing the glass. You know, he's becoming a better defender. And, like, I'm just beaming when I'm watching the OKC game. So, congrats once again, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. You are once again tonight's player of the game. What does that mean? Do I get do I get anything? Do I win? <laughs> do I get I a bonus? <laughs> That'll be sick. No, it's just I don't know. Seems dumb. It does. Like, yeah. Alright guys, that wraps it up for our recap. Um you will catch us again this Sunday in which we play the Raptors. Um obviously the Thunder have been playing well, uh winning five of the last six. I think oh shoot, I'm so sorry. Uh eight of the last ten. I believe so. Yes, eight of the last ten. Um, and, you know, just playing really competitive basketball with the exception of the Grizzlies game. Um, but the real test begins on Sunday when we play the Raptors and following that Tuesday when we play the Mavericks on New Year's Eve. Um, so, for all of you uh, anti-tankers, these games will be barometers for your argument. Uh, if the Thunder come out and perform, if the Thunder come out and god forbid win these games you you got some fuel to your fire um but if the thunder lose these games i don't think it really benefits the pro tankers um it just doesn't benefit the anti-tankers because these games are kind of supposed to lose raptors are top two top three team the eastern conference mavericks are right up there in the west top five i think something like that so um there's no shame. There's no reason to hang your head if you lose these games as a Thunder fan. Um, but, yeah, that will be a real test, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, this game is in Toronto, so Shea's return to Canada. Whoop, whoop. That'll uh, add an interesting wrinkle to that. And before I get off here, I just wanted to uh, go ahead and say this, that Dylan Buckingham reported that tonight at the OKC Blue game, um, Angelo Ball was in attendance. He said that he, uh, the Thunder told him that there has been no contract signed. You know, there's nothing in agreement with Angelo Ball right now. So it's strictly speculation. But the fact that he's there and fellow unit member Alex Roy told me he was at the Blue game last night as well. 
Um, where, where there's smoke, there's usually flames. Um, unless that smoke's Ryan Marzillo, but we're not getting into that. Um, so, I kind of talked about this on Twitter a little bit. If Langelo Ball was to sign with the OKC Blue, I'm fine with that. You know, obviously he comes from a pedigree of basketball where, you know, obviously nothing great's happened, but Lonzo Ball is a good NBA player. Uh, LaMelo Ball is a player that a lot of fans, including OKC fans, really covet in the NBA draft. Um, so to give Langelo Ball a chance at a G League contract just to see what he's got, I see nothing wrong with it. Um, the benefit of the G League contract is, hey, <laughs> If if the going gets tough, the tough gets going. Like if your dad comes in here and starts causing problems, bye bye. If you come in here and you suck, bye bye. If you come in here and you know you just don't want to work for it, like you obviously have talent but you don't want to work for it, or you don't fit the Thunder culture, bye bye. I mean that that is what it is. That's that's one of the benefits of the G League. That's one of the uh, that's how they can operate. You know, he's not being activated to the main roster. You're not going to see LeVar at OKC Thunder games. You're not going to see LeVar bad-mouthing Sam Presti or anything like that. It's just a guy that is potentially going to sign a G League contract. And, hey, if Angelo Ball wants to sign a G League contract, by all means, let him. Worst thing that can happen, doesn't work out, we cut ties. Best thing that can happen... Maybe he blossoms into a future role player for the Thunder. Hey, a guy can dream. But, guys, I want to thank you guys for listening. Go ahead and give us a follow at OKC Top of Thunder on Twitter. Follow me at Twitter at Thunder Chats. Uh, find us anywhere you listen to your, our, your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, what have you. Leave us a five-star rating, positive review. We appreciate that so very much. Um, once again, I apologize for the delay and uh, the combining of the two podcasts. I hope you enjoyed it anyways. Um, If you guys want to get at us, you know, just tweet at us, holler at us. But until then, we will see you guys again Sunday for the Raptors game and possibly a weekly. I'm not sure. We'll find out. All right. Until then, y'all have a great night. God bless. Don't forget, thunder up. Heads up. Heads up. Heads up. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money.